Uh, thank y'all for coming. Uh, my name is David. If I have not had the chance to meet you yet, really glad you came. Is it anybody's first time here? Raise your hand. Proud. There you go. I love it. That's at Church 101. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to single out newcomers. Sorry. We're glad you came. And I hopefully that I hope y'all got first dibs on food and you picked the good stuff. Um, tonight, we've got a couple of things. I'm just uh, going to set up and then wrap up. Uh, Chad Almy, who's on our admin team, is going to come and give an update on where we are with the, the finances uh, on this renovation or this building campaign. And Chris Cochran is going to talk about the renovation uh, and the, the plans that you have in front of you. So let me just give a brief recap just to remind you of kind of where we've been. So in, um, you see there in February, we got a call from a guy named Bill Chegwidden who owns the, uh, a building on the corner of Kennesaw Avenue and Tower Road. He called Robin Burris, who's a member of our admin team who'd been looking at some possible spaces for us for several years and asked if we'd be interested in uh, buying his building and the admin team and the staff after uh, four, five, six weeks really felt good about it. And so in March, we had one of these. The last time we had one of these, a family dinner where we presented the opportunity and said, you know, what, what do y'all think? And the two questions we were trying to ask is, can we do this, which was a financial question, and should we do this, which was really a, about leading from the Lord. And then in uh, April and May, we worked through both of those questions. We had a couple of weeks where we people toured the building, I think 250 plus people towards the, toward the building. We asked for feedback. We had got 61 emails from people, and the overwhelming response was positive. Hey, this is something that we should do. We also got some great constructive feedback on the process and some things maybe to be aware of if we were to move, just in terms of our culture and our identity. So it was, it was really fruitful. It was very helpful. We felt a green light. We did a two-week finance building campaign thing, and we had a, uh, a red light, green light, a go, no-go number of $2.5 million. We needed $2.5 million pledged by the end of the year. And we, we got that, so we felt like that was the last box to be checked. So we decided end of June, hey, we need to, or the beginning of June, we need to do this. And then we closed on September 30th. So the architecture firm is still in the building. Uh, we've, we've had possession of it for six weeks. And Chad and Chris are going to come and tell you what's been happening over the last six weeks and what's going to be happening for the next six months. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to turn it over to Chad. And then when Chad's done, we'll have Chris come up and share. Good? Perfect. Y'all can pray with me. Father, thankful for this uh, church. Thankful for this opportunity to gather together. Thankful for all the people who made an effort to be here tonight. And I pray, Holy Spirit, for grace as we communicate. Want there to be a lot of clarity, no confusion. Want to be uh, on the same page with where we are and where you're leading us. I pray for an openness to listen and to hear and to respond. And um, again, we're just, we're just excited. We're excited about what we're doing, about what you're doing, and we want to do our part in cooperating with you in that process. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Chad. Thank you, David. Um, all right, thanks, guys. I'll step up here. 
Um, thanks for coming tonight. Uh, I'm going to go over the finance portion, update you on really where every penny is going and uh, sort of how things have played out. Because for a long time, we were waiting to close and finalize interest rates and then waiting to figure out if we we're going to get out of our leases and then getting bids on renovations. So we've got all that summarized. We're going to run through it real quick. I aired on the side of more detail than less, just uh, for transparency's sake. So um, bear with me if this runs a little longer than you'd like for it to. Maybe there's a couple of you in the audience who will appreciate it. But we'll go to the, uh, all right, here we go. The mortgage terms, you changed the uh, format on me. I was like, oh, that's not my slide. OK. There. I had a, a, a more arti artistically pleasing background, so this wasn't my, uh, this wasn't my choice. Um, so, as David said, we, uh, we closed on September 30th. Uh, the, the terms, so we ended up getting a seven-year rate lock at 3.99%. So there's several things in this. Uh, part of the other reason why I wanted to go into detail is there's several things uh, in God's providence that just were really cool with the way things worked out in our favor and the way he provided for us. Uh, obviously, starting with the pledges and everyone's generosity and the way God used each and every one of you to bless uh, all, all the rest of us. But um, there were other, some other things we didn't anticipate. And one of them was when we end up uh, closing and, and locking in that rate at 3.99%, it's since come back up. It ended up being almost a nine-year low uh, for when we locked in that rate. And it ended up, up allowing us to bring over $200,000 less to the table than we'd first planned uh, in, in terms of putting down, which gave us that much more in renovation. So that was the first thing. That, that rate is phenomenal. Uh, it's on a 25-year instead of a 30-year amortization schedule. Uh, our monthly payment, so in the dinners, we had talked about wanting the payment to be at 13500 As we were talking as an admin team and trying to figure out how much money we were going to have for renovations, uh, we ended up increasing that just a little bit to 13700 but but still feel like uh, we absolutely met the objective of trying to stay cost neutral uh, for the rent we're paying currently versus the mortgage and the expenses we're going to have in the new building to keep it up. Uh, so we ended up borrowing $2.6 million. Uh, and again, we'd only planned to borrow 2.37 because that's all we were going to be able to afford to borrow and come in at that monthly payment. But because the rates dropped so much, we were able to, to get another $230,000 out of it uh, that's going towards renovation. So that, that was a huge, huge win um, that God gave us. Uh, then the bridge loan, I'm not going to talk much about that because it doesn't affect us at all going forward. But just in case anybody had questions about it, we originally were going to close January 1st. That's why we geared the whole pledge process for the money to be in on December 31st. CDH, the architecture firm who we're buying the building from, they approached us and said, hey, could you close a little earlier? It would help us out with our moving process. And by the way, we'd vacate half the space so that you could start on renovations of half the space while we're still paying you essentially rent for the mortgage. So we said, that sounds great. But we're not going to have all the money because we told all our folks they don't have to have the money until 1231. So we sought out financing to get the money that we had to have at the table at closing. Uh, it'll be fully paid back as soon as all the pledges come in. So we'll have it paid off on 1-1. And the finance charges uh, CDH is paying in the intervening period. So it's, it's really no, no cost to us. But just wanted to mention that. One, because it's, it's part of the process, and two, it's CDH's generosity in this whole thing has also been a, a huge blessing, and uh, God's really used Bill and his folks uh, to, to yeah, really bless this process further.
All right, let's talk a little bit about the renovation. So, again, when we, David just mentioned the go, no-go number. Um, when we had set that at 2.5 million, that was really to get in the building and do very minimal renovations, kind of just to make sure that we had a sanctuary and it was sort of soundproofed, but not be able to add bathrooms where they were needed and, and do a lot of the things with the space below the sanctuary. Chris is going to go into all of this in great detail. I only mention it to say... When we, when we were doing the go, no, go number, we had virtually no budget for renovations. I think we had around $300,000 or even a little less to do renovations. This $570,000 that we're able to pay are in part because of that interest rate, so saving $230,000 there. Um, we'll get to it in a minute on the lease breakage fees, but saving $160,000 that we thought we were going to have to pay to get out of these leases early we saved. Having that money that we weren't counting on gave us the ability to get to, to really be able to do everything we wanted in an ideal state to renovate the building. So when we move in, it's, it's going to be pretty close to, to what we'd want it to look like 10 years from now. So, so that's a huge blessing. And all came from sources we weren't expecting when we did the pledge process. Um, so we did a bid process. Uh, we got uh, several bids. It was a competitive process. Several folks who own or work for general contractors who go to this church bid, and we were super grateful for all the participation because it made it very competitive. We had um, several rounds, ultimately three rounds, and in the final round, I think uh, the, the two firms that were left in the running realized how competitive it was, and it, it really helped us get that price down even further. So it was a cost plus contract, meaning we have control over and see every dollar that's spent, plus whatever their profit margin is. And uh, $570,000 is the cost of the work right now. And that, that's a guaranteed price if we don't have change orders. So if either there's something that weren't on the plans that we provided them uh, that then creates a change order, or if we change our mind about something, if neither of those things happen, the price will be $570,000. But anybody who's ever renovated anything knows those things do sometimes happen. So we put in uh, contingency, so uh, a little over 10% in contingency, just to make sure we were being conservative and we're accounting for everything. And then we did have $30,000 uh, in architectural and HVAC design plans that uh, are costs we've already spent, but that we rolled into that cost. So the total renovation budget, uh, $660,000, and, and in a minute, Chris is going to come up and, and see what, what all we're doing. Um, all right, let's go to the next slide. Okay, now I want to take you through, through all the money that we've taken in, and then all the money, how we're going to spend it, and uh, so that everybody feels really good about where it's all going and understands it fully. So the total that was pledged, I think when we first closed and reported the number, it was uh, 2.55 million. So we ended up having $100,000 pledged after the, the process was closed. So that was another huge and unexpected blessing. And then we had communicated at the dinners that we were going to take our cash savings, Stonebridge's cash savings account, down to 90 days uh, cash on hand. Uh, you know, we always, when we were doing the budget every year and and I share that financial update. One way that we measure our financial health is how many days cash on hand do we have in savings, meaning if we weren't taking a penny, how many more days would we be able to operate the church? And so we said we don't want to go below 90 initially, and then we, we decided we'd give an extra 15 days because we didn't want to hoard money. We'd been saving up for this event, and, and we knew we'd have 
expenses like signage and furniture and moving expenses that we, we weren't accounting for in the renovation. So we took our savings down to 75 days cash on hand. And so that allowed us to pull $385,000 out of our savings account. So that is the total amount that we have to spend in this process is that almost exactly $3 million, which is also interesting because that was the number, if you remember from the dinners, uh, when we were talking, that was the we can do sort of everything with the renovations. So it's amazing that that God got us to that number even after the after the pledge. Um, so let's go to the the next slide. So we just carried over that three million dollars. So that's uh, that's the money that we have to spend. The down payment we put two point one five million dollars down. The renovation costs six hundred sixty thousand dollars that we just outlined. And then $27,000, so of the four buildings that we have, three of them are going to be taken over by City Church, who's taking over this lease, and uh, therefore we're not going to have to pay a penny to, to break the lease. So huge, 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 uh, and kind of cool that a church has taken over this space too. Um, 166 is the newest building that we leased. It's on a separate lease. We don't know that we're going to have to pay that, but City Church isn't going to take that space. So we've got about six months for either the landlord, who in our contract has to use best efforts to try to find someone. But we can also help the process. So if anybody knows of anyone who wants a space right there, uh, let us know, because it could actually save us some money. But um, we put that in there right now, just because right now there isn't a tenant. So we may have to pay that $27,000. But the good news is we were looking at $187,000 in lease breakage fees. We've already gotten out of 160,000 of those, but there are 27 remaining. So you take those three costs, the down payment, the renovation costs, and the potential lease breakage fees. You take that from our total balance of $3 million, and there's $163,000 left over. And that will go towards AV setup and equipment purchase, because we're going to need some um, newer and different equipment because it's a much bigger space. Uh, signage for out front uh, on, on either tower or Kennesaw or both. Furniture, moving expenses, etc. And uh, that, I mean, that number is great and it's amazing. We feel great about doing the full renovation with, with that number uh, left over. But just to give you some context for some of those costs, so the AV setup, just the, the initial quote that we got that would be kind of you know, pie in the sky ideal was 200,000. So um, we definitely, you know, are, are, are counting on having that money and being able to use it. And if we can't do, you know, perfect AV setup from day one, uh, that's okay. We thought it was more important to put bathrooms in where we need to put bathrooms in, et cetera, things that you kind of have to do when you're, when you're gutting it uh, versus the AV stuff, which would be easier to add later. Um, audio visual, yeah. So um, all the all so speakers, all the wires, um, microphones, soundboards, um, all the stuff that really allows us to to do the worship mostly. But also the um, I think we have to have different uh, types of projectors because there's more light in there. So you have to have a higher grade projector that can deal with the the light that'll be in the sanctuary on Sunday mornings. But one asterisk there. Uh, so we have actually gotten some money in that wasn't pledged, about $65,000. Uh, but that number also, and all that, that $3 million number and then having 163 left over assumes that we're going to get every pledge that was pledged actually turned in by 1231. So those are, those are two caveats. 
Um, let's do the last slide here. Uh, okay, so to bring you up to speed on where we're at with the pledge, so we had again 2.65 million uh, pledged. So far, we've actually have received cash checks. We have the money for almost 1.9 million. That means we're almost 71 percent to to what was pledged, which is pretty good with a month left and everybody knowing they have until. December 31st. Uh, the number of pledges fulfilled, though, uh, we have a, a little fewer than half of, of folks who have uh, made a pledge have turned it in, which again is fine. We know everyone knows they have till the end of the month, so um, that makes sense. And then uh, I referenced that just a minute ago, but 65,500 has been given but wasn't pledged. So we may end up with that extra if all of the pledges come in that we then could maybe do more with the AV system, uh, et cetera. And all the pledges are due on 1231. So I'll bring Chris up in a second, but, but before that, I, I do just want to say um, how blown away I, I, I've been by this process and how God has used every person in this church and how encouraging it's been to see the gifts and the generosity and then the way God has used people like Chris who you know, for a living as a project manager for Brassfield and Goring has done two church renovations recently to then come in and be able to oversee our process, totally free of charge. So if you see him walking the streets, buy him a coffee or something, because uh, he's put a ton of time into it. But um, it's just been really neat. And so uh, on behalf of the church, I want to thank everyone uh, for your participation, for your generosity. It's exciting. I mean, when we get in that building, you know, God will have given us that building through each and every person's generosity, and that building is going to allow us to grow our family, to bring more folks who want to be a part of our community, who want to impact City of Marietta for the glory of God. Um, it's just a neat thing. So thank you. Um, and we'll bring Chris up now. And, and David just said, any questions before Chris takes over? Actually, I should give, give Chris the microphone, and he can answer any of the questions that you have. So. Nope. All right. All right, I'm Chris Cochran. I'm not a public speaker, so i got notes. Um, so to give everybody a little bit of background, what we've done since, really since June, when we found out that we could buy the church and, and had the money to go ahead with the renovation, we started working with CDH to, to come up with their design, and uh, Stonebridge staff has spent a lot of time walking through the building, coming up with plans for how they're going to use each space and how we can utilize the building and the existing layout to, to meet our needs. Um, so they started working on that. They finished the design, the permit drawings on September 24. We got those out for bid to everybody. and. Every, uh, we got bids, like Chad said, from several different contractors. Um, we got those on the 22nd of October. Um, after reviewing those, we interviewed the top two and uh, met with the admin team on the 30th to start making a decision. Um, by November 4th, we had a permit with the city of Marietta, and we had awarded the project to Integrity construction management. So I say all that to say, you know, we pushed CDH and the staff to kind of fast track all of this process. And it's been amazing how quick all of this has turned around and kind of fallen into place. 
So I've been impressed with the Stonebridge staff and the admin team, you know, at setting goals and having decisions made by a certain date just to make sure we keep pushing ahead and everything stays on track. Um, after working on churches before, I know that's not always an easy thing to pin down a bunch of people. So um, it's been pretty awesome to watch. So background on integrity. So integrity is a local company. Their office is less than five miles from here. Um, the owners, Brandon Hutchins and Matt Donald, they're both, Brandon Hutchins is a longtime member of Stonebridge. Matt Donald lives a mile away from the existing building. Um, those guys showed up for the interview with a really strong project team. Um, you could tell that their project manager and superintendent had spent time in the drawings knew the details, they had asked a bunch of questions, put together a really detailed construction schedule that looks like it's uh, obtainable. So we're really excited to be working with these guys. Um, and this is kind of in their wheelhouse. They've done a couple of different church renovations. One of them was uh, the Village Church, and the other was Christ the Redeemer. Um, checking their uh, references, everybody has good things to say with them. So we're really excited to, to get those guys on board and start the process with them. So um, Chad kind of hit on it a little bit. We went to CDH and the staff kind of got together, walked the building, came up with a wish list of, okay, in 10 years, what do we want the building to look like? Um, and we went into it thinking that, you know, we're gonna get the design up front and then you know, when prices start coming in, we'll make cuts to scope to get it to within budget and just have a plan over the next 10 years to get the building exactly the way we wanted it. Um, it's been pretty amazing to see that we've got everything designed that way and we're able to afford the entire renovation now. We don't have to wait for it. So that's been amazing to watch how that's unfolded. Um, if you want to flip over to some of the to the first level of drawings. So overall, the the floor plan, um, you know, we we asked CDH to use their existing layout, existing finishes, and um, try to use as much of that as we could so that we could hold to our um, hold to our original budget. And uh, they've been them and the MEP design team have been on board and. You know, a lot of this space, we're, we're not having to change a lot of walls. We can make it work the way it's, it's laid out now. Um, we did add two sets of restrooms on the second floor. So in the children's area, there'll be a men and women's room. And then outside the sanctuary, there'll be another men and women's room. Um, we also added a fire sprinkler system to the right-hand portion of the building. Um, the left-hand portion is sprinkled now. Um, and that's Marietta the city code, we had to had to sprinkle it. So we went into it knowing that that was a big expense that we'd probably need up front. And then any of the areas that I say are gonna remain as they are now, they'll get drywall touch up, they'll get a fresh coat of paint. So when we move into it on day one, it'll it'll feel like a nice new building, even the, the places that we really aren't changing the layout. So if you look at the, either the handouts on the table or up on the screen, the right-hand portion, the orange portion, that'll be the babies through four-year-olds. Um, 
We're using all of the existing walls. We're adding a couple of walls, adding doors. Um, the existing walls along the hallway are stopped below the ceiling level, so we're gonna take and um, take those walls all the way up above the ceiling so that you got sound suppression between the two rooms. Um, the existing bathroom staying where it's at, and we're adding a check-in area so that everybody can get in there and hopefully get kids checked in quickly and kind of make a smooth process over there. Um, for the left-hand side, that's phase two. Um, all of the area that's blue is kind of common area for, um, for the sanctuary. Um, and we're not really touching any of it. So the break, the existing break rooms, if any of y'all saw that, it, it'll stay the way it is. The conference rooms will stay where they're at. They can be used as offices, small group rooms, conference rooms if they need them. Um, the big change on phase two, level one, is the area that's in purple. So we're adding uh, four small group areas for youth as well as a large group area for, for the youth as well. So that's the big change on the first floor of phase two. You wanna to go to level two? Level two, so phase one, the area on the right. Uh, again, the existing walls are pretty much staying where they're at. We're adding walls up there so that that, that area right now has four really large rooms. So we're adding some rooms so they don't feel as big. Um, and we're adding a bathroom on that side. And then there'll be a large group area for, for the children. So this, that area is for kindergarten through fifth grade. Um, and that, uh, yeah. For the sanctuary, the area in green, we're getting 345 seats. Um, There'll be a stage kind of on the bottom left-hand side. That'll be, I think it's two steps, so it'll be a little bit taller than this stage, but not a, not a big platform. Um, and then in the top left-hand corner, we're adding a storage closet and a mother's room. The uh, sound platform will be on the back. And then we're putting a wall where the line is between the blue and the green. There'll be a wall with two sets of double doors that'll kind of separate sound from coming into the um, first floor uh, common area from getting into the sanctuary. We did add two bathrooms, just, I should have brought a pointer, but um, who had one? There'll be two restrooms right there where the pointer's at. Um, and then the area outside the restrooms will be a coffee area or some sort of, of welcome area. Um, so that's, I guess the last one is the bridge. Um, that's staying pretty much the same as what it is now. It'll be a office space for Stonebridge staff. We are adding a glass wall to kind of separate the, the second floor rooms, but um, yeah, it'll stay pretty much the way it is now. Um, I know during some of the other, I guess the earlier town hall meeting, people had questions and concerns about parking. Um, like I said before, the, the new sanctuary has 344 seats and City of Marietta's code says that you've gotta have one parking space for every four seats in an assembly area, which would mean we needed 86 parking spaces 
The existing parking lot at CDH has 129 spaces, and then we've also signed an agreement with a neighboring property that gives us access to another 80 spaces on Sunday. So we're at a total of 209 parking spaces, which is over twice as many parking spaces as we need per the code. So we feel pretty confident that we're covered in that. Um, and if for some reason we find that we don't have quite enough, I think we've got the opportunity to go and restripe the existing parking lot and pick up another 20 spaces in there just by doing laying it out a little bit differently. So all of that to say, we feel pretty confident that we've got plenty of parking close by to, to make most Sundays go smoothly. Um, the last thing I have is our time frame. So we're working with CDH. Um, those guys have leased a new building. They're working on getting drawings permitted, getting a contractor on board to do a renovation on that building before they move out. They've consolidated all of their workstations into the sanctuary area and are giving us access to, to phase one as well as level one of phase two. So we're, we're pushing ahead to get started on that as soon as possible. Right now we're planning on starting demo of those two areas on December 16th. Um, if we start on the 16th, which everything's in place to do that, we'll be finished with phase one renovation March 21st. Um, CDH thinks that they'll be in their new space by March 30th, and they've asked for a couple of days after that to get all of their furniture and everything moved out. So they're telling us that we can be in the sanctuary area on April 8th, which puts construction being completed by May 22nd. And that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to give you all a chance to ask questions. So no, have you thought about putting a door here? None of those questions. The plans have been approved by the city and priced by the builder. So any changes are going to cost money. But if you have an idea that's great, it's great, tell the ministry leader. So if you have an idea that's great about the children's area, talk to Katie Leverett. Great about the common areas, talk to Matt Nelson. Great about the celebration area, talk to Bo and great about the student area, talk to Jeremy. And if they think it's great also, they'll pass it on to Chris. He's a volunteer, and so we don't want to, I don't want him to have to tell you no. That's, nobody enjoys that, and I don't want him to get overwhelmed with suggestions. So uh, I do want, if you have questions about the process, we want to please ask those. We want to make sure everybody's clear. And again, if, you, if, if there's something about the plan and you really do think, hey, this is really something that needs to be shared, Share it with the ministry leader in that area, and then they'll discern if that's something that needs to get passed on through. We do want to hear those things as well. So does anybody have any questions for Chris about anything that he shared, any clarification, process, timeline? Nothing. You did great. <laughs> you did great. So, um, so pay your money. <laughs> Chad didn't say that. What? And you're not even listening. <laughs> it's like a diva. The background's wrong. And we don't even, can't even listen when other people are talking. 
Ivy League. Here's what you need to do. You need to, uh, we do, so uh, I, I do want to say this, and I want you to hear me on this. So you made a pledge in May, and some of you may have had circumstances that changed, and we trust you. And if, you're, if you can't, then just communicate that to us. If you need to change what you pledged, like we don't want you doing anything out of guilt. And if you can't, for whatever reason, if things have changed for you, just email Bo. It'll just, it, he's the one who's managing that. He's the only person who'll need to know. And no, like, we're, not gonna, we're not gonna ask you for your tax return. We, we trust you. If you're able to honor your pledge, please do so by the end of the month. If you're unsure of how to do that, contact Bo. He'll be, he will be out of town next week, but he'll get back to you. Um, you will be getting emails we, through the, the pledge app. If you've, if you've already pledged and you get an email, just disregard it. That's just a, a little bit of a flaw in their system. We're trying to go through and cull all of those. But if you've already pledged and you get that email, don't, you could just disregard that. That's fair, right, Bo? You've already done all that? Already given, sorry, not pledged. Already given. If you've already given and you get that email, just disregard it. So um, that's that on the pledge deal. If you have any questions, again, just contact Bo, and he'll, he'll walk you through it. Uh, for me, I was trying to think through kind of what the year has looked like, and we've had a lot of change as a church. You may not, I don't know if it registers for you. It definitely has registered for us as a staff, and I think it's probably registered with uh, our admin team as well. It's a lot of changes in a really short period of time. We Buying a building was nowhere on our radar screen in January. Not at all. I think I told y'all my goal for this year was to talk to the admin team and come to a decision on whether or not we needed to renew our lease here because we still had several years left. And so it wasn't anywhere on the radar screen to buy a building. And kind of the way that happened, I do feel like the Lord was in it. And so it's great. It's great. But that, that's a change. We launched this church, Highlands, David Scott, and they're doing really well. That was something that we were anticipating, but that's changed as well, and that has precipitated numerous changes in our staff. We have a whole new student staff, Jeremy, Emily. We actually have hired someone that you haven't met yet because she's stuck in New Zealand. Her name is Autumn. Uh, you may know her as Autumn Gwaltney. That was her maiden name, Autumn Ingham. She's married to a New Zealander, and his paperwork is sitting in Nebraska at some office, and we don't know when it's going to get stamped. So you pray. Their, their best case would be to be here on March 1st. She told Jeremy that today. If they could be here March 1st, that would be great. It could be. It's, it's undefined. Like, they're not saying when they're going to get to his paperwork. He has a job offer. She has a job offer. They've been married for several years. I don't know why it takes so long, but it does take so long. So you can be praying about that. She'll be helping with our middle school students and then helping with worship. We've had changes in our children's area. Michelle Suter is leading our elementary school kids now. Many of you may not even be aware, Ruth Allen Bryant is providing support work for us uh, during the week. We've changed in adult ministry. Matt Nelson is now leading in that area. It's a lot of changes, adults, students, and children. It's a lot of transition in one year. And I'm super grateful for the way all of you have navigated that. So stress is the body's response to change, and we all feel that. And sometimes that response is physical, and sometimes it's emotional, and sometimes it's 
mental. That's a lot of changes. And to me, it's been navigated well corporately, and that's a testament to y'all, um, to your flexibility, to your maturity, to your level of grace and mercy that you extend to us as we try to figure some of this stuff out. So I, I really am grateful and thankful. I was thinking about this um, a week or so ago. I took a couple of days and went up to Amicalola Falls. I do that every November and try to get my head on straight, thinking about the end of the year and the beginning of next year. And I was, I was struck. I think I didn't realize it until I stepped back and really thought about all of the change and transition in just a eight or nine month window, which could be very disruptive. And to me, it doesn't appear to that that's been the case. And I really am thankful uh, for the way y'all have walked with us uh, through that. So the way I want to close, uh, we, we have a few minutes to still be out uh, on time, is I want us to take some time and pray. There's a verse in Revelation 5 that's really interesting. You can't press, if you press the imagery too much, it, it, it doesn't work. But the, 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 John talks about these bowls that he sees around the throne in heaven, and he says they're full of prayers and of the people. And I think about a bowl being full and that we have an opportunity for the next six months to fill up these bowls of prayer as we wait to move. There's a lot of things that we can't do. The guys from Integrity, they're going to be doing all the work on the renovations. At some point, we'll have to move. I don't even know what that looks like, and we'll figure that out when we get closer to the time, and there may be opportunities to pitch in and help for that. But in general, there's not a whole lot that we're going to, going to be doing other than waiting. And my hope is praying. When I think about the way Stonebridge started, we really started... Uh, it wasn't that difficult for us. And I think one of the reasons is there was a group of people that for, for two years before we had our first service, they prayed. They prayed every week. And in my mind, again, it doesn't work. Don't press it too much. But it's like they were storing up. They were banking prayer. All of these times that they were praying. And then when we started meeting, it's like all of that was released. The bowl was poured out. And we have the same opportunity over the, over the next six months. I don't know how often you pray for the church. My hope would be that you would pray for Stonebridge once a week. Um, and we're going to have a few prayer points up there. We'll send out, we won't do it in December, but starting in January, we'll just send out some things once a week just to help maybe guide your prayers as we think about moving. Again, that, that, that's going to be a thing. That's a big change. We've never had church anywhere other than here. And so that, that is going to be different. And I don't think any of us realize how much being here has shaped us and what it will be like when we're not here. And I think God's in it, and it's going to be great, but it's also a change. And there's going to be some things that may be difficult. And so praying, again, kind of filling up that bowl as we look forward to the end of May when we get to transition to the new building, that's only going to help. And then when we move, again, hopefully the, that bowl will be full and those prayers will be poured back out upon us. Does that make sense? So a couple of areas for prayer. So we want to leave well and we want to start well. Leaving well, there's a lot of relationships that we want to manage well, and money is involved, and sometimes that makes things difficult. We're trying to be super upfront and super open with everybody about our timeline. We're trying to be as transparent as we can be. That doesn't mean that we're not going to wind up disappointing somebody at some point, it, that, that there's not going to be a miscommunication. And again, when money's involved, 
it, it, it can change things. I said stupidly about six weeks ago, if it's going to be inconvenient for anybody, let it be inconvenient for us. And it's been inconvenient for us. <laughs> I've decided maybe the definition of compromise is a decision where nobody wins, not where everybody wins. So we're feeling some pain. CDH is feeling some pain. I think Integrity is going to be feeling some pain. The new church, I think everybody's feeling pain as we try to work through the timeline. And we just want, we don't want to leave a bad taste in anybody's mouth at all. So we want to make sure that whatever it looks like to bless our landlords and leave well, we want to do that. Chad mentioned there's there, City Church, as far as I know, has signed a letter of intent. So I, I feel like all of that's good and kind of out of our hands. We do need a tenant for 166. If you want that or if you know someone who does, just um, have them contact Kim and she can put them in touch with the landlord. But we want to make sure, again, that we're blessing our landlords. We have neighbors here that we've had a relationship with for a long time. We want to bless them with City Church moving in. They're trying to work. They, they, they rent the Strand, and so they've got to work out timing with them moving in here and figuring out uh, whatever they're going to do in terms of renovation and uh, furniture and all of that. There's just, it's a lot of moving parts. We have a good relationship with Brent and those guys, and I don't want to ruin it. And so uh, just be praying for grace. Again, all of these things, um, everybody goes in with the best of intentions. When money's involved and timing, details, it's just easy to, to miss each other. So pray for all of those things. Um, and then I would say kind of on a, a spiritual level, cultural level, we want to take the things that are important, the things that God has put in us that need to move, and we want to make sure we're bringing them with us. And if there's anything that we don't need, then we want to leave it behind. And we want to have discernment around what those things are. What needs to stay? And is there anything that we need to let go of? And we want to know what the Lord is saying to us about that. And I think that's, hopefully that's clear. In terms of our culture, our identity, we want to maintain and we want to hold on to what we need to hold on to. And we want to release what was just important for this particular corner. And then when I think about starting well, there's all kinds of things that are in my mind around that that don't necessarily have a ton to do with the building. I do want to pray, and I want us to pray for integrity and pray for that process. That's, you know, you may know this. The first guy in the Bible who's talked to, who we read is filled with the Holy Spirit. It's actually a guy who builds things. He builds the temple. They're certainly not building the temple. But there is, there's precedent for praying for the people who are doing that kind of work. And so I want us to. And I want, us, I want it to be a blessing for them as well. Uh, their interaction with us as well as the project as a whole. I don't want them when they're done going, praise the Lord, I'm done with that. Like, I don't want them saying that. So we want to pray for them. We want to know how to be a good neighbor. That was something that many of you may not have been here when we first started. But for, I don't know, how, six months, maybe in a year. That was the question that we asked the Lord. We used to have prayer every Tuesday night, and that's what we pray. What does it look like for us to be a good neighbor here? What does it look like for us to bless our city? We need to ask that question again and not assume that we know. And so we want to ask the Lord, what does it look like for us to be a good neighbor? And then we want to do those things. And there may be some things that are different from what we're doing now. It may be a continuation. I don't know. But we want to begin to ask that question so that we move. We're postured looking out and not looking in. And as a part of that, uh, I have been asking the Lord for the past couple of months to raise up someone to plant a church next year. When it start, the time window is starting to shrink, but I, I, I want to see that. 
And that's part of that idea of maintaining, I think, what is core to who we are, which is focusing on multiplication and not just addition and continuing to look out and not just looking in. So you can be praying for that as well. And then the last thing up there, uh, change for some people is particularly difficult, and we want to be sensitive to those people and, uh, and, and be praying for them. I don't know. I don't actually know who that would be. So y'all know me well enough to know probably that that's not the thing I'm going to pick up on the quickest. And so we don't want to run people over, and we don't want to leave anybody behind. We don't want to do that. We don't want to be the, hurt, the church that hurts people. And so we just want to be sensitive. So if you know there's someone who's struggling, let us know so we can reach out. If you're struggling with it, let us know. Like the kind of the train has left the station, but we don't want you to feel like nobody cares. That's not true. And we want to do what we can to minister and to love and to care and to listen. We want you to be a part of things and, again, not feel like you're just getting run over or cut off or left behind. Does that make sense? Great. So we've got a couple of